Enter New R Presents. Happy Hour at the Old Timer Tavern, episode 46, Crin at Last. This episode was recorded at twitch.tv slash lantern noir. Hey, good afternoon and welcome. My name is Rob, a.k.a. Lantern Noir, and it is Tuesday. It is 5 o'clock. It's been a week or two, so that means we need to get back together to catch up uh, and talk some Dungeons & Dragons. Joining me as often as the case on these fine Tuesday afternoons, a purely random day of the week, is... Greybeard of Greybeard's Tavern. How have you been, my dear friend? Uh, It seems like forever. Did we have an extra week in there? We did. I was sick last oh. week. Okay. Okay. So it, it has been. It's been a minute. Yeah. 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 Wow. Um. Huh. Well, obviously you came through uh, said sickness, which, and it was not COVID. All right. Again, in this day in this day of plague, it uh, <laughs> you know, and your uh, I don't know that habit you have going to a place where there's all these children all the time. I, I don't know, man. It's, 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 it's crazy. It's crazy. Well, but, but that habit will eventually be broken because not that I'm counting. Yeah. According to my little timer app, I have 79 calendar days left. Nice. I'm not counting though. I'm not nice. counting. Mean, meanwhile, I I go into a secure badged in building into a lab that's got HEPA filters, and I'm the only one who works there. You know, I have no exposure to anybody or anything. (laughs) The cleanest place on earth. Um, (laughs) But any any quick major updates you want to share before we dive into the week's topic? Um, well, my uh, as of next week will be the finale of my uh, uh, Monster Noir using the City of Mist system over on uh, Indoor Adventures. So that'll be the finale of that. Not this Thursday, but next Thursday. And then in a couple weeks after that, uh, I don't know if I can announce it yet. So we'll be starting something new at that time slot, that 8.30 Thursdays. There will be a, a new game there with uh, some new players and new uh, a new GM. I won't be GMing that, so woo! And um, if, you, if you only watch one content on Thursday nights, yeah. you watch Critical Role. Right. But if you're looking for a second option, that's your second <laughs> option. If, if you're too far behind and you just can't <laughs> keep up, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, and we started. Um, we just started Ravenloft 1921 yeah. this week. Uh, we yeah, had our yeah. session zero, which um, if you go back through the catalog, you'll find some some times that you and I have sat down. And we've talked about the the way to do a session zero, why to mm-hmm. do a session zero based on the Twitters. I'm half tempted to say we need to do another episode on session zeros because yeah. clearly our message isn't getting out there. Oh, um, but yeah, uh, I, go ahead. I just had to admit to someone again about my session zero failure when we switched campaigns mm-hmm. and I lost a. I lost a player because we we changed games and we didn't have a session zero and talk about stuff, man. So yeah, very important. So and it's it's going to come up today, I think, because I think okay. part of part of my take on the changes to to change changes, changes with uh, the heroes of Crin is yeah. uh, is is tied to those session zero events. And Arwen, thank you for coming by. And I of Thoth, um, I am ecstatic that you popped that question into the chat to start us off. 
because I think we, Gray and I tend to kind of dive right in and we kind of forget mm-hmm. where everybody's at with their, their history, so to speak. Um, but they asked in chat if we could just kind of give them a quick explanation of Dragonlance mm-hmm. and what's the, what the appeal of it is. Um, I will defer first. Oh, unless right. you, unless you're, because I'll, I'll, uh, go, I'll go. But do you want to take the first crack at that? Sure, sure, sure. I'll, I'll, uh, hey, having, having been there, um, <laughs> give a little history, and then you've got we can we can even do some name drops on this one, can't we? So, uh, so okay, uh, 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 Tracy Hickman and uh, oh my God, Margaret Weiss. Margaret Weiss, and then the spouse is there's the Laura spouse, Laura. Ah, yep. Laura, Laura and Tracy got a job, and they were going out to work for Dungeons and Dragons. And on the trip out there, they started thinking, and they were bantering on the trip, and they came up with a concept, Dragonlance, and they had this idea. And they wanted to make books to go. I'm getting goosebumps. Ooh, ooh, all kinds of good lore. Um, and they wanted to make books to go along with this Dungeons and Dragons stuff they were going to be doing. And they they finally brought um, they brought Margaret Weiss in, who was a good writer at the time. And they got together and uh, they put down the the foundations of it. And it was a group. Uh, it was a group of modules and books produced by Dungeons and Dragons. So, so they were in cahoots mm-hmm. um, at, at the same time to, uh, to, you know, create this fantastical land where magic was being reborn and the dragons had, had gone away, but they were coming back and, uh, you know, uh, you they, can probably do better Dragonlance lore than I. Well, they, they also kind of, one of the things that also set it apart is that in most D&D campaigns up to then and since, uh, oh, yeah. clerics all have divine magic because there's a pantheon of gods. Um, even if we go into fifth edition, we've moved into the, it's not so much a God as it's, it's your righteous belief manifests magically. Uh, Cause you can be a paladin of an ideal, but right. you still get divine magic with it, which is a little bit of a, okay. So clearly they're kind of playing around with some fun spiritual philosophy, but in the world of Kryn at the time of these games, uh, no one believed in gods anymore. They believed the gods had forsaken them. So true yeah. clerical magic was, her- as, rather than disbelieving in gods making you a heretic, believing in gods made you a heretic, <laughs> which was oh. a really fun twist. Yeah, and the, the other thing was was that no, up till then, they had had maybe connected modules mostly coming out of convention play so they would have you know barrier peaks and then the next module or two modules leading up to the gauntlet or mm-hmm. or you know uh, secret assault marsh might be three modules together this was a contiguous story you know it was mm-hmm. it was to go from a to forever you know uh and so that was like a mind-blowing concept at the time and then yet another layer for us old folk when Mm. this came out and this is something that I, it just kind of like, as we're talking, it occurs to me why this sticks. I don't know any D and D lore. Like I know the world of Kryn, Mm. and I blame that entirely 
on the fact that at the time I was being, I was, I was a ferocious reader, my, my teen years, I didn't read D and D manuals cover to cover. I read the Dragonlance novelizations, which I, meant I learned all the lore through fiction as <laughs> opposed to fictional nonfiction. Right. Which is the best term you can use for a game manual of lore is, right. is, is fiction, nonfiction, because mm. it's not real, but it's presented the way a history book would. Right. You all your little headings and your little like paragraphs and your little sidebars. And I never got good at reading all that. So like you want to talk about the various um, case in point, I'm running Waterdeep Dragon Heist. I've read it all the way through four or five times. First time I run it with people, I mentioned that there is some zents coming into yeah. the, the yawning portal. And suddenly one of my players goes, wait, Zents? Oh, this is serious. This is serious. <laughs> and, then, and then she's like all like, oh, we're, we can't get involved in this. This is a major thing. And I'm like, it's a gang in the module. But I had no concept when I'm running this as to how pervasive this gang was and how suddenly one of my PCs is like, yeah, no, we, we're not getting, no, she's on her, we're not getting involved in that fight. There's no way we're getting involved in that fight. Everyone's like, but she's getting her butt kicked. We should get in there. <laughs> it was Poloni's inheritance cycle. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, I'll be honest. For me, Crin will always have a soft spot in my heart. Because mm-hmm. when I was coming of age and learning about games, um, the, uh, the Dragonlance series was the series I cut my teeth on. Yeah. You know, you yeah, may have yeah. had your moments where you're like, hey, I wonder if the the... What was that one card in the early magic days? The Bellinish hero. Mm. The joke would be, is would, would she be into you? And and mine was like, I don't know. I, is, is it Tika or is it Gold Moon? <laughs> like who, the, the classic kiss, marry, kill. Right, was right, always right. like, okay, so what do you do with Kitiara? And you're like, ugh. <laughs> like that's a, she, she could break you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah the um you, mm. you know when 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 i started D D was so young that it was you know the novels that were out there were were crazy they were just you know the the hobbit was like and tolkien was a standard but all the all the fantasy books were all these weird, twisted, like sci-fi kind of things that that were, you know, um, they were more Conan than than Tolkien. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't until my, you know, uh, my mid-teens that that really, you know, Dragonlance had come out and stuff. I mean, I was reading in freshman year i read i think it's called the lord fowl's bane uh trilogy or something and it it was written for like college kids and they were like shogun thick and there were way adult themes in there i should not have been reading at like 12 and 13 but you know when you're when you're a latchkey kid and your parents don't watch you Well, that, yeah. you, you pull the cool book off the shelf, you know. Um. Amen to that. And I think the last thing I'll say before we get into our, our conversation about the Unearthed Arcana about Dragonlance too, um, one of the things I thought, thought was really neat, I have the Chronicles annotated complete mm-hmm. edition. So the thing is, like, it's the Aethic. It's all three Chronicles novels, but it has um, sub uh, um, footnotes throughout mm. it. And one of the early footnotes is from Margaret Weiss talking about word choice mm. and that they consciously were using like 
11th, 12th, and college level uh, vocabulary because they didn't want to dumb anything down for their readers. They thought, you know what? Our readers are intelligent. If they're not, they're probably curious. Right. And therefore, we're going we're gonna to hold them to that. We're going to give them a good reading experience, which I thought was a really neat, like, like that acknowledgement. Yeah. That it was not easy reading, but it was the stuff that we still ate up as kids. I had uh, I had a buddy from work who had his, you know, bachelor's in genetic something or other. And he was working on his master's and now he's organized doctors. But he, he came to me specifically and asked me if I would help him with his vocabulary. Now, I'm dyslexic and, and my reading is not good but i pick up words and i have a very andaluvian uh, vernacular as it were and he was like will you help me with your with you know my vocabulary well hanging out with me you're gonna play some dungeons and dragons and so (laughs) he i i got him into dungeons and dragons and he's like i see where you get all your crazy vocabulary because they don't they don't dumb it down, man. If they're going to use a, the, you know, this again, ancient or Anvaluvian turn, you know, something uh, from another time, they just use it. You look it up, you know? <laughs> oh yeah. It's real. I mean, so there's definitely in the realm. Um, I know I've, for those that are hanging out with us live on Twitch, um, I've linked in chat, the document we're going to be talking about today which is the recently released Unearthed Arcana 2020 Heroes of Crin. Or as I call it, the Heroes of Cringe. Oh, 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 it's going to be that kind of that kind of uh, discussion. It All is. Right. I, ha- uh-huh. I I warned you. I have opinions. Uh, you did, you did, you did, you did. I have major opinions. Um, <laughs> but and I think I think there's there's a couple of things that this is broken down into. We have um, they are presenting to us well, first, the disclaimer, this is not official content. And as a good dungeon master, I'm going to say double check with your DMs before you put the stuff in their game. In fact, exactly. if you're not even sure if it's in UA when you make a character, talk to your DM to see if it's okay. <laughs> I've yeah. more than a few times I've looked at character sheets and gone, wait, wait, where did you get that from again? Oh, it was, hmm. it was listed in the backgrounds. <laughs> and then I'm like, dig, 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 dig. Okay, yeah, that's a um, that's a UA that came out in 2019 that most people don't allow in their games. Oh, but I really liked. Okay, fine, <laughs> fine, fine. Um, but so yeah, so the little disclaimer there. So what we get with this the, this document, they lay out rules to play test specifically, Kender, as a, as a race. The sorcerer subclass, a new collection of backgrounds, and a new collection of feats. And uh, are we are we going to go right in? Um, what is UA? That's a great question. We should, maybe we should go a little more in, on that. Sure, sure, sure. Oh, uh, Unearthed Arcana was a set of rules that came out during second edition to add some new character classes and a bunch of new spells and stuff. Uh, so anyone who's seen or uh, seen memes or remembers the old 1980s cartoon, 
it came out at the same time as that cartoon and it promoted those new classes. You know, you had uh, cavaliers and uh, thief acrobats and barbarians, you know, who uh, who were these new classes and they wanted to show them off. Um, so but that was where unearthed arcana comes from it was this tome of new stuff for your game it was so exciting so uh wizards has brought that back um and unearthed arcana is a supplement that they put out when they want to play test new stuff and they want us the the general public to um jump in try it out in our games and then give them feedback that's what they're looking for on this and most of the time we have learned that this stuff gets tweaked and then gets put into books. So we can pretty much assume a Dragonlance book is on its way. Yes. Um, well, and we, we've gotten a really good hint of that too. It is like, yeah, it's like a public, it's like an open beta test. Mm-hmm. They've done a lot of internal testing. They feel pretty good about things. Um, but now they kind of want to see what the community thinks of it. Um, my experience so far is that they kind of don't tweak much coming out of UA before it hits the books. These are much more, right. it's kind of like that open beta that isn't beta. It's more like a <laughs> teaser right? where they right. call it a beta because they don't want to say we want to build some hype, but we also are pretty confident we're getting a, a, a Dragonlance book eventually because there was the whole lawsuit where uh, Hickman and Weiss wrote content. For Wizards yeah. of the Coast, um, uh, fifth for fifth edition, and then yep. Wizards Watsy just kind of went, yeah, you know, we've decided not to publish that, right? And since their contract was based in royalties, uh, having a company sit on your work and not publish it, right? Kind of a jerk move, right? So well, they, and yeah, and it was a big lawsuit too, yeah. It, it was millions. So uh, wow. if I'm remembering correctly, and that was only like a year ago. Yep. So you, you've got to think they probably settled. <laughs> yeah. Well, given that this is here now, I think this is a sign that we are going to be seeing all of that. And I expect they're with them knowing what they've got. I expect novels, more novels. I expect more source books. Um, the, the, the book series guy, we really need to talk about the U at some point is more than just that, that the modules they wrote. They right. had all of the characters went on their own adventures. They had, oh. I want to say, like six collections of short stories. Yeah, I was gonna say just the the uh, Raceland novels. There was like a half dozen of those. I I think if I'm oh, remembering yeah. correctly. So lots and lots of books and lots of places to go back to. And then there's always the classic reprint, mm-hmm. which they know we will buy. Yeah, well, and that's this is my question for you though. Is it gonna be, is it gonna be a supplement like like um like a, a Tasha's oh. like a Tasha's or a Xanathar's or is it gonna be a module? Yes. More like you think it'll be a module? Uh, my gut tells me they're gonna go the Van Richten direction where we're gonna mm. get pages of of lore. And yeah. then a module or two at the back end of it. Ah, That's my okay. theory. Um, and then, then they'll see how that goes, and then they'll probably release more module sets. Okay, um, so it's the, 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 the not only just bait, but the bait and the hook to, oh, yeah. to get you to play a little bit and go, oh, 
Oh unless, my. Unless they went nuts, we could have another one of those things like what they did with uh, Horde of the Dragon Queen. Right, it, right. It's like three modules that are back to back to back. They could do that again, either with the Chronicles and just do it as a re-release. Right. Or maybe they're going to give us a whole new story right, setting right. Kryn at the same time. It's it's anywho. So mm. we've got our... I, we're going to start with... I think we should take things in the order in which they appear in the, the UA. Sure, sure, sure. And let's talk Kender. All right. So yeah. the biggest things we get about the Kender are their background. They mm -hmm. are basically the Kryn halflings. Mm -hmm. I think is the easiest way to put it. Um they have they give uh, third level Kenders get a skill called the Kender Ace, which allows them to magically pull things out of their bags, mm -hmm. because the Kender are now officially connected to the Feywild. Yes, yes. Um, I did notice that they jumped up the walking speed to thirty. I guess uh, yeah. I guess there's been enough enough complaints over, over the years. I mean. I have I I have literally taken every time I've had the chance I've taken stout nimble nimbleness for every small character I have just because it's an amazing feat and it gets rid of that movement that movement negative you know uh, that gives you that extra five feet of movement back and so yeah so I think they're just gonna make that standard everybody moves 30 and go from there and then have the the, the, the outliers like the tabaxi and whatnot uh, that'll be their superpowers or their special their racial specials as it were which which makes some sense um I kind of feel like like my personal take on that um is that because they've been changing the race-based ability score changes and they've kind of put that all on the hands of the players to say, you figure out where you want to put the points, it makes total sense to do that. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Um, I acknowledge that fantasy races are different than races of man, races of humans. Mm -hmm. um, and so I don't have as much of a, a sticking point with the dwarves inherently are more beefy elves inherently are more charismatic um right. and to that end i kind of like the idea of well hey if you get a bonus to dax which is really pretty universally useful mm -hmm. there's a compromise somewhere which is you lose a little bit of you lose that that extra square of speed right but i'm not this is not a hill i will die on i think that mm. if if tables want to say look if you're playing a kender we expect you to be dexy yep um, that that's a table choice. Yeah, well, and that 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 just because immediately reading this, <laughs> immediately reading this, I of course want to flip it on its head and subvert expectations, and I'm like, I'm the Kender Paladin of Helm, you know, <laughs> it's, yes. it's all plate mail, heavy shield, and I'm gonna pull out gold coins. <laughs> I'm going to pull out a hand axe, you know, out of my pocket. My paladin will, will still have the, the, the Kender aces and, uh, you know, extra brave. Uh, I, yes. I, what do you want to do with, do you, you want to go there? Well, that was always a feature I thought was neat is the, the brave mm -hmm. feature advantage on saving throws, uh, to avoid being frightened. And the, the good old days, Kender were mm -hmm. just immune to fear effects. Correct. Which 
I can see, given the way the game has evolved mechanically, mm-hmm. again, this is not a hill I will die on. Mm. Um, I do kind of miss the, the more generic, like, it. they just don't comprehend fear. And yeah. I, I always like that about Kender is that you do kind of wonder if they breed like rabbits or something. Right. Because if they can't comprehend, fear is how we have survived as long as we have <laughs> as a species. Let's let's be real for a second. Um, mm. The ability to go, that is scary. It will murder me is mm-hmm. why our ancestors survived long enough to make more of our ancestors. I... So without any sense of fear, Kender kind of become that little bit like everybody knows about eight Kender from over their lifetime, most mm-hmm. of which have met grizzly hens. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I once told a friend of mine, uh, there was a fire and she just bolted and I stayed and fought the fire and she was like freaking out about it. And he's like, Oh, you're so brave. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. A million years ago, lava rolled down the hill and you went, no, I want nothing to do with that. And I stood there with, I stood there with, with, you know, uh, uh, a club and I was like, die lava and i was burned to a cinder and hence my line died there um <laughs> fear is healthy and uh useful so it is um, it is yeah. a very good thing but it's, it's kind of a fun thing um and this starts to feed into i think one of the reasons for the changes from the classic kender mm. which loops a little bit more into the other major change which is that you mentioned the kender ace thing pulling things from pouch pouches mm-hmm. um is a major change from the old days, the Kender that we grew up with and when they appeared in the original um, printings of the modules and the source material, uh, just had a major bonus to pick pockets. The concept didn't change, that the Kender always have stuff falling out of their bags that they've collected. Mm. Um, but when we, the, the Kender we were introduced to through uh, Tasselhoff Burfoot was much more of a I just randomly pick things up as I go along. And that that became the shtick of, yes, it's likely a Kender has something that you need for the moment you're in, not because it's magic, but because they probably picked it up somewhere because they pick up bloody everything that's not nailed down. And and that's where that's where they made the changes, because. I mean, I cannot remember if it actually said they are horrible kleptomaniacs or not. But <laughs> if you read between the lines, yeah, and, 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 and that's the thing that like I've talked about this before when we we tried my wife and I when we went when we ran our game together um, is that we had uh, we built Kender into our game by kind of having a culture where like, yeah, everything is everybody's. If you put right. your pocket knife down somewhere. Someone will pick it up and maybe they'll give it back to you when you need it. Maybe they won't. But it's like that concept of owning something is just kind of a weird, very, very Western centric too. when you stop and think about it. Right. You know, if I really in grand scheme of things, if, if my car is broken, but I need to get to work and my neighbor doesn't drive their car because they're retired, there really isn't a lot wrong with me taking their car to work. Other than right. the concept of property ownership. Uh there's um i cannot remember the name of uh there's an amazon tri- a tribe in the amazon that there are very few things that are not just communal 
Right. You know, if you need an axe, you pick up an axe. If you need a bowl, you grab a bowl, you know, <laughs> and, and stuff. And so, um, yeah, there is, there is real world cultural Parallels. situations like that. Um, I think too, back in the day, this was in the t- period of adversar- adversarial DMing. Yep. And so when when someone was at the table as the kender, the party either adored them and would like die for the kender, or everyone hated the kender because that kid was playing the kender. You know, the the little Timmy who was like, I'm pickpocketing him and I'm stealing his stuff and I got his ring and I got his stuff. I just found it. You know, I'm just playing my character. And, and yeah. And yeah. And so like, choke him out, leave the body by the watering hole. Um, You know? uh, (laughs) And yeah. And that, that feeds not, it wasn't just the adversarial, but it was also the, that license of I'm just playing my character. Of course, I'm going to pick your pocket. Mm-hmm. And take the shiny MacGuffin and muck up the main story, mm-hmm. and and that also feeds into that by removing the immune to fear, you also um, t- give the Kender character and the player more opportunities to go. Well, of course I'm going to go do such and such. I don't know fear. Of course I'm going to badmouth the king. I don't <laughs> know fear. Of course I'm going to dare the guard to attack the paladin. I don't know fear. It's like, or as, as I says here, uh, give a player a tool set to annoy monsters and they will use it to annoy their party. Mm-hmm. Truer words have not been spoken unless it's been either by myself or Greybeard. Ah, indeed. indeed. Uh, I, I was fortunate enough to, I played the Kender uh, when we played those modules and it was, you know, it, again, I, took it as that tool set was to use on the bad guys or NPCs. Uh, I, I don't ever remember taking anything from the party unless like, unless they left it behind. Um, like we would use a crowbar to open a crypt or something and uh, a fight would break out because we would open it and then, you know, the thing would the jump would up. And then someone would go, you know, I, I, I free action, huck my crowbar, draw my sword, ha ha ha. And then I, as the Kender would, you know, pick up on that and be like, I found this <laughs> and hold the crowbar up when we got to the, like the next room or whatever, you know? Well, and, and there's so. a style of play too that, yeah, there, well, it's definitely finding the sweet spot where there's inner party drama. Cause Arwen brings up struggling with conflict within the party. Inner character drama is fun when everyone's having fun. When someone stops having fun, it's not fun for everyone anymore. And that's that sweet spot. And Kender, this concept of always grabbing things, can play into that. Um, I've played in a couple of games where I was a Kender, and I tried to play the, um, you don't get to pull out your dagger because I currently have your dagger, but here, I'll give it back to you with a grin. Right. You dropped this. And I've played at tables where they're like, no, you didn't. You can't say that. Back up. Mm. You're, you can't do that. You didn't pickpocket me. You never rolled it. Yeah. And I, I would look at them and go, well, does it matter? I mean, right. it's funny. 
It's funny yeah. to have you say, don't worry, I'm going to go pick the lock where that maid is hiding behind the door with my trusty dagger. And I go, oh, you mean this dagger? You're still going to go right. pick the lock. You're still going to do the... And we all have a laugh at the whole, the Kender had it all along bit again. Right, right. Yeah. It, it is, yeah, it, it, again, it depends on your table. You know, it, it totally depends on your table. Because uh, I, I adore that kind of bit. Because I usually either play the small guy or the giant protector guy. Mm -hmm. And so it's always funny to be like, where'd my shield go? And, and the little guy be like, this shield? You know. Oh, you mean the one, that's, so. the, the one that I put on my backpack after the last fight because someone dropped it? I <laughs> exactly. knew it would come in handy. <laughs> exactly. I was going to use it as a sled. Look, it's got a good curve to it. Exactly. Um <laughs> But that goes back to that we mentioned earlier. Zoggy thanked me for posting on the Patreon my um, safety tools mm. um, at patreon.com slash lanterndoir. And um, it's actually free. It is not paywall locked. Anybody can read it. Um, session zero is where you're supposed to have these conversations. Yeah. And I think, I think WotC isn't ready to risk being accused of being too woke yet mm. because... I think they could have left the Kender handling. It used to be called Kender handling. Mm. Um, was that whole concept of always just picking up everything, not nailed down. Um, they could have left it in and they mm -hmm. could have said at your session zero. Right. Agree on how this will work and how it will and will not impact your game. Yeah. Here yeah. are some suggestions. No. Yeah. sometimes only against npcs like they right. could have done things given them um, options yeah yeah oh, i'm sorry to hear that i think about granting them all the traditional kender abilities i'm off well you know that's your choice mm. i will die on the hill to tell you that you're wrong but you're welcome to be wrong um <laughs> no, I, I, I say that with affection um yeah I also see something that, like, I definitely think they're going to tweak this because here's an unintended consequence. We have this um, this Kender Aces skill, which lets them reach into a pocket and magically pull out a random item that may or may not be useful mm -hmm. that then disappears after an hour. I and and one other word in there bothered me. It was. The object glimmers softly and disappears after one hour. The object glimmers softly. Does it Killing do that for softly the? Yeah. Does it? Does it, <laughs> does it? Does it glimmer the whole time? Because if you pull five d six gold pieces out and you go to hand them to some merchant, they're gonna be like, "What's wrong with these gold pieces?" You know. <laughs> Sounds like cartoon hammer space. Yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> Um, exactly. But I think that was their way to kind of create that image of the halfling going, hang on, I have a thing for this. Ruffle, ruffle, ruffle. Mm. Ha ha And yeah. they pull out a rubber chicken and everyone kind of goes, yeah, that's not the thing. Well, and I think, I think that this chart needs to be like three times as long because the third time you use it, so, you know, um, uh, I'll, I'll be more realistic. By the sixth time you use this chart, you're going to have been through a lot of these things already. Yep. So it, it needed to be a good, you know, a, a good full chart of like 
20 oh, no. things minimum. Things like an item of your choice from the adventuring gear cannot yeah. cost more than a gold piece. Okay. Yeah. So that becomes that, like, I have a thing for this moment. As long as I roll a three mm-hmm. on the table, or maybe a, a six, because that's tools. Right. I can pull out the thing we need. Right. Um, so I have a one in three chance of pulling it off. Um, yeah, I guess you're right in that, since there are choices within. Yeah, maybe that is a little better in in the, in thinking rather than having the rubber chicken or a potted plant or you know the a, a great sword. Yeah, it's um, very very evocative of wild magic, which goes back to the Fey Wild. Um, could sync well with artificer. That would be terrifying to me because the, the artificer already has abilities that are things like. Hey, you know, I happen to have the thing I need for the moment. Mm-hmm. As long as I have this other thing, it's like that could be really potent. But here's the last twist, and here's why I think, I think it's gonna, I think it's not ready for prime time. Mm. Let's assume, for the sake of argument, there are lots of third level or higher kender running around. Yeah. The goal of the the perceived goal, and I, I've seen this on the twitters a bit, and I don't think I disagree. We don't want to have a race that is pre- people are prejudiced against. Because they don't respect property the way most of culture does. Yeah. Okay, I kind of get that. I think that since it's a cultural thing, mm-hmm. I kind of put it in the but the box of you can have um, orcs that we are guilt-free killing because the orc culture, that culture of orcs, mm-hmm. is violent and terrible. There could be good orcs, or some orcs can choose not to be part of that culture, but that yeah. concept of property is a cultural choice. And therefore, it's okay that you could say the majority of Kender grow up in this culture where blah, 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 blah. But if I'm a merchant and mm-hmm. a band of adventurers came through and the little halfling came through and, and she paid me, and then an hour later that money disappears, and I go, you mm. know, ah, she was probably some little sorceress, no big. Mm. And then like six months later, another band of adventurers come through and they've got a, a, a Kender and he trades me. Hmm. A uh, a night stay at the inn for this trinket he pulled out of his pouch, and it disappears an hour later. And the third time a kinder comes through with an adventuring <laughs> party, at a certain point, I'm gonna become prejudiced. Uh, the um and and that was so back in first edition. Here's a little history. Um, back back in first edition, you. All of the races could only get to certain levels in certain things. Like you could only be, if you were a halfling, you could never be above like a seventh level fighter. You just couldn't. It just was, there it is. That's your cutoff cap. Uh, but they were unlimited in rogue, you know, or back then thief. Um, and so it became the trope that every time a halfling walks into a bar, everybody goes for their pouch. You know, because it the game itself funneled the mechanics. So you were at a disadvantage if you tried to play a halfling as anything but a rogue. You yeah. know, it it it, it really it, it has come so far. So um so yeah, I think I think you're right. I thought this was gonna be your your hill to die on on this and you hated it, but I see now since there are since there are only six choices and some of those choices give you choices, you know, that you make that that's probably better to have six, six yeah. options rather than. 
I think if if I were writing this, mm. my take would be to put handling back in mm. and put in language to say, look, this is the way that this is the common kender culture. And at your table, be confident that the kender is not the problem. Because nine times out of ten, it's the player that is. Right. It's the player who wants the excuse to disrupt the table, and it doesn't matter if they're a kender or not; they're going to do it. Right. They could do it. They could just as easily be a jerk about constantly picking pockets on that for, as a half elf rogue, or a dark elf rogue, or whatever else they want to roll as they could a kender. <laughs> yeah. Give me back my kender with that innocent. I swear by the moons. I did not know this was in there, but right, here right. you can have it back. Yeah. And I find that the most charming kind of character. Right. That truly innocent and, and a little infuriating as, as an observer. Like I cast zone of truth. Did you take my dagger? He swears he didn't. Right. Right. His, his truth, his truth yeah. is he, he just, did not take it. It just doesn't click. So, so there were, that's where I'm with Kender. We'll see what they do with it over time. Um, I, I think, like I said, I think there, I think there's some tweaks coming to that because of that disappear after an hour. Mm-hmm. I think they're just avoiding the power gamer of, well, every hour, three times a day, I'm going to sit down and, um, you know, pull out more money and then yeah. we have infinite money. Like I right. kind of get that, but that gets back into that. You know, it dis- maybe it disappears in a way that is themed. Well, and the for the gold, because again, gold is just so ridiculous in this edition because there's no no treasure sink or whatever. And go anyway, that's a whole nother show, economics of D and D. Um but uh they could have it so it is X number D fours or whatever times your level. Hmm. And, and then that would spike up and it could just be gold. I mean, it's, it's a thing. It's a, it's the power just sure. Three times a day, the, you know, by the time you're fifth level, you know, you're like, Oh geez, I need a castle to keep all this gold anyway. Um, <laughs> Now, there's, you know. before we leave this, I have one more thought they could do is they could go to a straight percentage of what you want. You pick what you want, mm-hmm. you dive into a pocket, and that's a straight percentage. Does it work or not? Mm. And and that keeps that theme of maybe the, the Kender always has the thing, and mm. maybe they don't, but it avoids the potential rule breaking of a third level or higher Kender has infinite wealth. Right. And I think that's where they were trying to trying to get away from. Um, the let's talk sorcerer subclass. Sure, sure, sure. They they gave us this. Um, in from the kind of like the overview of this, the the tie-in is that in Kryn, all magic is tied to the moons. Right. And the more full the moon is, the more powerful the magic. The black, the the always black moon that, that nobody can see is for evil magic. White is for good magic. Red is that. Eh good, bad, I'm the dude with the fireball kind of magic. Right. <laughs> um, and so this is their effort to kind of expose us to that using the sorcerer subclass as opposed to the wizard class, which eh, I'm not sure how I totally feel about that. Sorcerers were not things that we saw in Kryn. 
Right. Right. Which is, is it, I, I, I will say that threw me for a loop. Uh, as, as I started to hear bits about this, I was like, really? This is, wait, these aren't the wizards? No, Relston wasn't a, wasn't a sorcerer. <laughs> he was a wizard, you know? Uh, you're a wizard, Harry. I, I just couldn't, I, I, yeah, I had a, I had a, a bit of a, a problem with it. Uh, when I first saw this AU, I was like, wow. Okay, they're not wizards. These are sorcerers. All right, cool. And then, as I read it, I, I, I do not, uh, I do not disagree with the way they've they've pulled it. There's a couple of little things that were nitpicky about it that I that I was like, does this mean you get all these spells like one, like five spells, or just one of these spells? once a day you know so it was a little the language just needed a little tweak i can't remember what it was uh let's see yeah on the choice very table okay well you're skimming through that moon sorcerer yeah, yeah. could occupy the true neutral magic type for sorcerers somewhere between clockwork and wild magic i can see that i can see that and that tracks well I, um the the did you get your thought come uh, go ahead, because I'm, I'm double-checking. Maybe I just read it too fast the first time. Yeah, well, my first pass-through here, I had the impression that um, the lunar phases changed. So, like, your powers and your spell choices were based on the phase the moon was actively in. But there's this little caveat at the end of the uh, lunar embodiment feature where it says that after a long rest, um, you can choose what lunar phase manifests. Yeah. And I feel like that's a little bit, I'm a little less snarky on it because my thought was like, I have no interest in tracking lunar cycles at my game table. Like I (laughs) do not want to deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, that was the thing too, is uh, you get to choose, which is very, I think that's kind of cool because it gives you a lot of flexibility. Mm -hmm. So, so, you know, you can, um, you know, oh, geez, do I want, Dissonant whispers. Do I want sanctuary? Do I have fairy fire? What what of these spell lists do I want to walk into into this next encounter with? You know, we wake up tomorrow, and I know that we're going to be you know heavy, um, you know heavy fighting. I want you know full moon. Let's do this. Um, so let's bring it. Um... And and I did. They they cover their butt down in the net in the bottom paragraph. So yeah, it is. You get to choose like one of them. So right without expending a spell slot, but it's interesting because it seems to be saying that you could cast, you know, a fifth level spell for free. You know, I don't know why you would ever cast a lower level spell for free. <laughs> Save those big slots is what I'm saying. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, the the moon phases and stuff. Uh, I remember there was ways to track it back in the modules back in the day. So mm-hmm. I imagine that they'll have to have it be either if they make adventures for it, linear adventures that are like, you know, tick, tick, 
tick and like have a moon a moon scroll right. across the top or whatever and and kind of thing um if they're going to uh, be as uh, uh, <laughs> I almost said a nearly bad word strict they're going to be strict uh, <laughs> on it yeah and that's and that's the kind of thing where i think i i kind of like where they're trying i like i respect where they're trying to go it feels like they're trying too hard from mm. my point of view to create too many choices too often um in the name of creating choices for choice sake like i don't mm. know that it's that critical right to do all of this stuff um but I kind of I get it now, and now again, now that I kind of see that I don't have to track the lunar cycles myself or ask players mm -hmm. to, I can definitely see this as being something that's not the worst. Yeah, it does become one of those like you know another thing to track, but we have those. Could they reboot Dragonlance? I don't know if they will or not. I think I think there are too many books out there to truly reboot it, because yeah. I think I think people our age. If they re-release the novels and the novels aren't the ones we read as kids, I think there could be a reckoning. Yeah. They might reboot it in the sense of like, hey, we have a new animated series that's better than the one that we tried that didn't go very right. well. <laughs> um, I think that could be a thing. But uh, we'll have to see what happens. Um, somewhere I, somewhere up there in the bookshelf, I have that that dvd i have had the, yep. that Dragonlance cartoon and it's not but, great oh it's oh, not great Kiefer sutherland no. and lucy lawless are in it yeah and it's it's hard to watch yeah um they they made some real interesting choices when they put that together um yeah it's it's a shame because i remember trying to watch it with the kids and going this just isn't very entertaining for them well and but, they you know my again my girls grew up with you know Harry Potter movies and yep. the dragon prince and, you know, all these, all these really good, you know, uh, uh, airbender and, and all these great, you know, great animated, uh, shows. So it's hard to take them back and watch the other stuff. <laughs> um, I actually, I don't know if I've seen the Hobbit cartoon. Um, to be honest. It, it is, more realistic animation um but yeah and there's no songs in it so yeah. take that with a <laughs> grain of salt <laughs> it's different it's it's very very different so um, we've, we've got from there we've got the new backgrounds mm. um if you want to be a knight of solemnia uh that's an option uh, but they have it now set where you you have to build into it. You start with, yeah. you take the background that gets you the squire status, and then yeah. you spend feats, which are a little bit later in the UA. Yeah. Um, actually, both both the, the knights and the mage of the Tower of High Sorcery, um, which gets back to that sorcerer thing. Mm -hmm. um, require you to do the have the right background and then add the right feats right yeah and and they starting with uh, Tasha's they started building these feats into stuff and so I can see where that's the 
the the where they're pulling that from and i don't know it it reeks a little bit of of uh what do they call them not priority classes prestige classes uh, prestige classes yep. yeah so i need to take this feat and this feat and have this ability because i know at fifth level exactly. i'm gonna go do this thing yeah uh, now since we're on it what's what's your take on prestige classes i i didn't i i don't like i do not like prerequisites mm, uh okay. to stuff uh i've always i've always thought that you know here's this really cool feat or power or whatever why can't i have that now you know oh it's too powerful for low levels well then don't write that power you know you know put it so that it's it, you know write everything so i can be that guy you know if throwing knives is my gig and i get at fourth level i want to be the knife hucking you know monster I should get a knife hucking monster at fourth level. You know, I shouldn't have to be seventh level and, and this and have a dexterity of X, Y, or Z. Um, I, I, I never liked that, but again, I played in Pathfinder society. So it was an, imp uh, an oppressive, you know, baton constantly clacked against the side of your head. Cause you would be like, Oh, that's so awesome. Uh, you have to have 15 dexterity. You have to have these two other feats before you can take that feat. Uh, you got to be eighth level. Okay. Well, I'll put it on a chart. <laughs> now, you see, I'm, I'm almost exactly the opposite. Mm. I like the concepts of the prestige class because it creates, for me, it creates the goal from mm. the mechanic point of view. I'm making an archer. I really want to be a shadow dancing sniper, ooky, roguish archer. Yeah. So I know when I make my character, I need to have these stats. I need to start with these feats. By eighth level, I will unlock the prestige class and I can snag it because that was my plan from the beginning. Yeah. But I'm yeah, also yeah. a DM that if someone comes to me at fourth level and says, you know, I really wanted to be an arcane archer when we started. But I got looking, and I kind of want to be a shadow blade, <laughs> but my con is going to be too low. Can I just move a couple of points so that I can be on that track? My answer is yes. Like, okay. Mm -hmm. um, and I know there are people out there who'd be like, well, yes, she obviously can as long as she makes a first level character and joins the party. It can be the character's sister. That wants to be the, the, the shadow blade. And I'm like, no, yeah. no, 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 no. So I, I recognize that that balancing act you, you do. Yeah. Um, but that also flavors how we looked at these. Because I looked at the prestige class build into the Salomnic mm -hmm. Knight or the uh, Mage of High Sorcery and went, eh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, if it was, if they were subclasses and they followed the, you know, okay, at fourth level you, or at fifth level you get X, at sixth, seventh, 14th, 18th, you know, like that, rather than being part of backgrounds. Now, again, it's, okay, you're going to spend your feats 
as they come up to to do this thing. So I guess it I guess it's okay because uh, it's kind of like having a subclass to your to your class and so it's like double majoring in a subclass um <laughs> well and that's the thing is it also opens up the door for non-traditional routes to get into mm. this subclass yeah um so for example i'm looking at the uh the knight yeah to you can take the background to be a squire and there does not appear to be any requirements on it Anybody can be a squire by taking the background. Right. And then that's where I said what I liked about these as because their backgrounds, it, it, I, you know, flip it on its head. Of course, I'm a hexblade warlock knight. Of course, I'm the, I, I, I am a knight, but my class is wizard. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it, it, it's interesting too, because I mean, there's so many um, different routes you can take to get into that. And then yeah. once you're in it, um, the feats. So I'm going now down the feats of the prerequisites are literally strictly be the right level and have gotten to Squire. Yeah. So, I mean, that it's just, it's kind of right there. I want to double check the Squire of Salamnia prerequisite Squireship. That's it. Yeah. So yeah, you could you could start with a, a wizard. You pick up your uh, squirehood, which means now you have access to medium armor and martial weapons, right? And then at fourth level, you're like, and I'm a knight of the crown, mm -hmm. um, which gets you a strength or dex bonus. I am the knight king of Agmar. Um. Yeah, um, epic destiny from fourth edition. Yeah, there's some slicks. I mean fourth. I am not a fourth edition hater. Um, I do sympathize with people who say that's not D and D um, because I do recognize how different from third and fifth and second and basic it was. Yeah. But it had some neat things in it and things like Epic Destiny. It was like, not the worst thing to have put into the game. Minions. Oh, God, uh, minions were brilliant. Skill. skill uh challenges yep yeah it did yeah it had it had its pieces parts that definitely uh it were worth it yep so the minions yeah. i thought were really clever i kind of wish oh, fifth edition had kept them i i use it in fifth right now because yeah. i've got the i've got the whole mercenary company thing going on so they've got minions and the bad guys have minions that only take one hit um yeah and uh Unstable there says about the, uh, you know, they have very, they're very thematic, the, the prestige classes. And I think too, yeah, I think that that's part of that whole thing is I would rather be able to create my own prestige class and, and, but I get it. And particularly the way you had explained it, that you're shooting for that. That's, I see that that's a good way to think of it is, is, that's that's my story arc. I want to become the arcane archer or 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 whatever, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's a it's an interesting perspective. I'll have to I'll have to put my brain to it a little more. Yeah, but then and in this too, looking at the the knights, um, they do have everything here. We have the knight of the sword, which uh, was the 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 front lines 
the Night of the Rose, which was, if I remember right, the yeah, the leadership parts of it, and the Night of the Crown, uh, excelling in group combat, and virtually, yeah, so like they, they, they have that hierarchy built in, but it's yeah. not quite as, um, it's not quite as cut and like ordered in right. this writing. Now, I don't know if that means we're going to see that lore when we get there. Cause if I remember right, there was a definite crowns were at the top and then there were the roses and then there were the swords. And there was definitely a dude, dude, you're a knight of the rose. Take a step back. <laughs> like this is not your tent mm. back up. The knights of the crown are talking. <laughs> um, and I don't know if they're going to bring that back or not because that has some I... real like potential. But again, it's that it makes for interesting drama. If everyone at the table is cool with it right 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 i do like the the box membership in multiple nightly orders um the crown move on to join other orders yep that works uh, um i mentioned too that he uh the belief that watsi has dropped up prestige classes i think yeah you're not wrong yeah um strix I, you know see i haven't had a chance to thumb through Strixhaven. So I don't know anything about their shared subclasses yet. That is one book I have not had time to, to, to add to my collection with all the things I've got going. I just, it's not been on my radar. And part of that too is I put way too many hours into writing a Harry Potter RPG. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm ready emotionally to go back there. Yeah. Cause I did, I was using the seventh C system, uh, mm. second, the uh, first edition seven C with the rolling keep. Yeah. And we, I had put together like all the different um, uh, abilities and all the different attribute checks. And I was in the process of translating a spell book. Right. And all the different effects mechanically to it. Background expanded spell lists. Ah, that's fair. I can see. I can see that then. Yeah. Um, and then the initiates of high sorcery is the same thing we were talking about before with the good, the bad and the eh in the middle kind of, of sorcerers. So I think they are laying the foundation to let us play around yeah. with these different um, themes mechanically before they put the book out, which will give the book a lot of lore. And if right. they incorporate this UA into it with a few other tweaks and stretches, will then also give us a really big pile of rules right. to satisfy that group. So it's not just a lore book and it's not just a rule book. I would not be shocked if we we're even looking at a guide to Kryn, mm. and then three published adventures. Right, right. Taking place, I'm going to put my money on, after the War of the Lands. Wow. I don't mm. I don't think they want to go back to the, the rise of the first clerics, because I think that that's going to be too loaded. Yeah. Um, and I think it's going to be too much of a leap for most D&D players. I think the idea of of the they're not being clerics except for the one in your party is going to be a little too. I think they're going to take the easy route and say no 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 no, the gods are back, magic is back, the world is being rebuilt after the War of the Lands. Don't you want to dry, ride dragons? Yes. Don't you want to ride the dragons, befriend the dragons, fight the remnants of the draconian army? There will always be that one nut job who thinks they can start it all up again. Here's your here's your three two adventure three adventure story to go from levels one to fifteen, to yeah. go put that nut job down. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, they, um, we, uh, I wonder. I, I, I would like, well, we're obviously going to see uh, unless, you know, the world ends. And if it does, then we'll write it ourselves. Um, down in our little yeah. bunkers yeah. after the, after the <laughs> after everything goes completely pear shaped, it's like, but we're still going to play D D. I'm writing to Dragonlance. Although I'm I not going to lie, if everything goes to heck, uh, I am not running Fifth Edition D and D. If I'm doing Dragonlance at that point, I won't have access to my online books, so I'm going to have mm. to default back to my Second Editions. Right, right. I don't Pull have enough off. hard copy of Fifth to actually do it. Yep. Oh, that's funny. Crazy enough to run a draconian campaign of the party trying to raise a new horde. Hey, if you want to run an evil campaign, that is all you. Um, why is that going to be an evil campaign? If you don't know, I'm not going to explain it to you because that's a spoiler. Mm. But I'm pretty sure running a campaign of raising up a draconian horde is an evil game. Mm. Unless I'm misremembering the lore. So I my favorite my favorite thing was an April Fools type joke where or oh thing where Dragonlance every April would post a bunch of the letters that they got of just crazy stupid questions that that had come in over the year and one of them was uh how how far would a a Bozak draconian be hurtled by a catapult if you tied down or hacked off his wings? What would be the range and damage? And, and I was just like, what is happening? <laughs> Who is out there? And why has this come up? And why would you write the the actual game developers to ask of that? But then again, today we have Twitter. So I'm sure those questions get asked all the time. <laughs> Oh yeah, or Crawford. Yeah. So from that point of view, I think um, as far as the UA goes, I think there's some neat stuff in here. Mm -hmm. I remain, I'm more encouraged by the the knights and the introduction of the mages, with that system that I remember as a kid. Mm. If you want to be part of the sanctioned magic, you have to go through this process. You have to pick a color, and you have to you know kind of agree to advertise what kind of mage you are to everybody because magic is ooky scary so mm -hmm. we're going to make it clear to the public that you are the good kind the not so good kind or the law and order kind yeah um, I think that's neat I still maintain my my I don't say disappointment mm -hmm. but just I just don't think the Kender worked out the way for me the way they had to yeah yeah, I go ahead. I I think that I I like your thinking on on the aces bit for the Kender. Um, I think I I do like these choices, these background choices as kind of subclasses. Though though I want to see if that then you know because this is this is kind of a lot. For a, for a for a feat or for a background, but then if you have to spend your other feats to do it, that's totally worth it. And and I'm I'm all about that. I think that that definitely uh, does uh, does work out. I, I think it's balanced. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I definitely agree because um, the background just gets you access. 
Right. Um, you have to then go a step further. I might even go so far as to suggest that the background is optional towards the feats. Mm. And because at my table, I would say things like, okay, yeah, you weren't born into this per se, but you can earn your way into this. Right. You maybe you're an urch you maybe you have the urchin background, mm. but between levels one and four, you ingratiated yourselves to this this faction of Salamnic Knights. Right. They're gonna let you become a knight now and take this feat. Right. Yeah, they always always allow stuff through role play, you know. I mean if it's you know Sure, rangers, you know, you're the wrong kind of ranger to have an animal companion. Dude, if it comes up and you save an owl bear cub and you put in the time and the role play to raise an owl bear club, you can have an owl bear companion. You know, I mean, it may eat your friend's horses once in a while, but, uh, you know, um, you know, what's a couple of horses the, among friends? That's, that's the price you pay. What's a couple of horses among friends? Uh, so we're now in that phase where we're talking about what's coming up in our lives and our gaming worlds mm -hmm. that, that bear conversation and a little bit of excitement. Mm -hmm. So over the next, next two weeks, uh, what are you, uh, what are you excited for? What's coming up that you're like, Hey, this is going to be really cool. Well, like I said, uh, 8.30 Eastern Standard Time over on Indoor Adventures channel, not this coming Thursday, but the following Thursday, we will have our finale of uh, Monster Noir using the City of Mist system. So that'll be sweet. Uh, every Sunday morning at 10-ish a.m., uh, I play Wilder Myth, where we get on and, you know, just I play with all my of my crazy toys and you know wing around swords and you know act out the scenes that are happening in wilder myth and um that's usually a good time 10 to noonish and i usually if i don't have to run off to another game uh that's uh that's what i do uh i will be playing off stream obviously i have my old guard gaming uh where saturday nights we're playing a very grim dark uh, game um, of a mercenary company. So that's all kinds of fun. And we're looking now, you know, we're at the point where I'm going to do about six more sessions of that and we're going to switch to a new game. And so we're trying to decide what new game we're going to play. And so, you know, they're certain of the old guard are like, I have to learn a new system. Urgh. And so um, I love those guys and we'll, we'll <laughs> see what, uh, what we end up choosing. Um, so that's that's good and then i've got call of cthulhu on uh on sundays that i play once or twice a month with a, a really great crew from the united kingdom they're uh they're good they their sound game is just just out of this world there's like water dripping or you know there's like light jazz music when we go to a coffee shop scene and stuff and it's just it's just very very cool um they're they're great great peeps to play with so that's uh i think that's uh pretty much it for me gb right now that's on my radar of things i want to get better at eventually mm. um mm. i think i need to stop making new games before i can do that because we <laughs> um starting next sunday i will have three active running D, D games per week um with my our saturday mornings now are the international cast we have australia 
UK, Brooklyn, Maine, and Michigan. All represented in the game. And by UK, we actually have a Scotland and an England. Nice. Nice. Oh, and that's a group that uh, I I overplanned for this weekend because I'm like, okay, well, the, I need a puzzle. I need a treasure map. I need an encounter when they get to the island with the treasure. I need uh, maybe a dungeon ready to go in case they get to the dungeon on the island where the treasure is. I, this all has to happen. And in our session, uh, they decided to pick a fight with pirates who had them outnumbered. <laughs> And get themselves captured. All right. Well, uh, because take they, all the rest of that. Okay. Yeah, that's we didn't even get to because and this is the fun part. They were they thought they were going to sink and they didn't trust themselves to not. So they they surrendered. Uh, even though the other ship was leaving, the pirate ship was ready mm -hmm. to go. You know what? You guys can just drown. We're fine. I'm thinking, cool. They're going to fix the ship up. They're going to sail off. We're going to do this other thing. I'm going to introduce this other character. And then it's like the the noble in hiding runs up on the next and shouts, I'm a noble. Come back for me. <laughs> nice. Excuse me? Um, so that's Saturday mornings at 8 Eastern U.S. time. And then, of course, times throughout the, the timeline, wherever you happen to be. Um, it's guaranteed to be palatable literally around the world because that's how we set the time up. Mm. Sunday night, we started Ravenloft 1921 with our session zero. Um, they sound like they're going to be a lot of fun. They're really anxious to get into it. Um, Good artwork. The artwork, I, I, I adore the work we got done for it. It's a, it's gorgeous. It's fun. Um, it, it's going to be a neat group to play with. We did agree that guns are, are lethal. So we, we were doing the increased damage. So we're following the, the guns as written in the rule book. But now yeah. we had to sit down and say, okay, well, how many rounds do you have for each of them? Right, right. So you are going to track those. Um, they're going to be using swords and bows and crossbows eventually because that's what's available mm -hmm. in this part of the world, even in the 1920s. Right. You still don't have that kind of technology uh, in there necessarily. Um, so we'll see how Strahd handles this one. Um, not to give away too much, but Strahd does have his own private plane. <laughs> we'll just talk about what his plans are for it. All right, right. Um, and then not not tomorrow, but next Wednesday, the Convergence will be back. Right now we're on hiatus. Uh, uh, one of our players, uh, had a, a, her husband underwent some surgery, so we're taking some time to let everybody heal over at that house. Yep. But it sounds like it went well. Good. So that's we should be back next week, and then that group is back up and running. So yeah. it's a lot of, I got a lot of fun stuff going on that I, I really enjoy. Um, I would also mention here that the Patreon is up and running. Uh, Patreons get early access to everything. So mm. they get first crack at all the podcast versions of all the game sessions. Nice. Um, and that's also where I'm posting, like that's my new blog. Mm. And most of the blog entries are not paywalled. So you can just ah, come on in and enjoy cool, them. Cool. Uh, so like that's my session zero write up. All the things I think are important with your safety tools. Mm -hmm. Those are all there. Sweet. So I encourage people to check that out. Any parting thoughts for our podcast friends before we wrap this? Uh, definitely stay tuned and, uh, you know, get that extra heavy lance ready. Cause you know, you're going to be dragon dog fighting. Yeah. And on that note, uh, thank you for listening. Thank you. If you want to leave us a review on that podcast platform of choice, we really appreciate it. Till the next time, folks, stay safe. Happy Hour at the Old Timer Tavern is a proud part of the Inverse Genius Network of Content. 
If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider leaving a review on your podcast platform of choice. They give valuable feedback for the hosts and help others find this amazing content.